welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. I'll tell you what, I'm excited this morning. God is good. We just finished our fast. And you know what? I was driving here this morning, and let me, let me be honest with you about something. I, I was really looking forward to having donuts after church today, but I honestly, I just have no desire. Like, it's, not, it's not like I'm like, woo, donuts. I'm like, ah, whatever. I may eat one. I may not eat a donut. I picked these guys up at the airport. So these three boys here, um, like I said, James came in Thursday, and then these two boys came in uh, Friday. So I went and got them at the airport, and we coming home. And um, uh, I don't know if it was James or Seth wanted, like, something Canadian. And I was like, oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. So we decided to go to Triple O's because, I mean, that's pretty Canadian. That's very B.C., right? So we went to Triple O's, and these guys, and I have really been craving a hamburger, like bad, in a bad way. We go to Triple O, and I, re- I, I never really enjoyed Triple O's burgers until like six months ago. And I had one, and I was like, this is the best burger I've ever had in my life. And I have been jonesing hard for a, for a Triple O burger. And so I took these guys there, and you know what? They sat there and ate in front of me, and I just sat there, and we talked. And it didn't phase me one bit. <laughs> I was okay. They had pizza last night, and I had pineapple. Just sat there eating my pineapple, and they're eating this pizza, and I was like, ah, tomorrow I'll have some pizza. I'm okay. It's amazing what God does in you, isn't it? Did anybody see God move in their life in this past 21 days? I know that I did. It's amazing, hey, when you press into God, when you put your flesh down, and you say, God, all I want is more of you. For those of you who don't know, we spent the last 21 days on a fast. Some of us, some of us fasted everything. Some of us fasted. I did a Daniel fast where I only ate fruits and nuts and vegetables. Um, Some of us fasted like media, our phones, or all kinds of different things. But we all made a decision to put things in our life away to see God increase in our life. So open your Bibles with me to Luke chapter 4. And this is where we're going to start today. Starting in verse 1. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. That's my translation of this season. I have lots of translations. I have lots of Bibles. And let me say this to you. It is a really good thing to switch up your translations every once in a while so you don't get locked into one phrasing. It's okay. It's okay. They're like, okay, I've read the New Living for a while. Now I'm going to go back to the New King James. Now I'm going to go to the English Standard Version. I might get crazy and read the Amplified Version. It's going to take me 17 times as long, but I'm going to read it. Sometimes break out the message paraphrase, get into the passion translation. But it's good to read other translations to get a big picture of what the word is saying. So here we see in Luke chapter 4, starting in verse 1, it says, Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River, and he was led by the Spirit. Say, he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. Jesus ate nothing all that time, and he became very hungry. Let me ask you a question today. Here's my question for you. Are you hungry? 
Are you hungry? Hmm. Jesus ate nothing for 40 days. He was in the desert. He was in the wilderness. He drank water, but he did nothing but seek the face of God and pray. He didn't, he didn't have a hamburger. He didn't have pizza. He didn't have pineapples. He didn't eat nuts. He went and fasted and ate nothing. And the Bible says that he became very hungry. There was times on this fast, I told you two weeks ago, that I was always aware of my stomach at that point, and I was. Two weeks ago, I was always aware that my stomach wanted something to eat. My stomach always felt empty two weeks ago. I was very hungry. But as these weeks have progressed, I have got less and less hungry for natural food. But you know what has increased? My hunger for God. Because the point of a fast is putting your flesh down, putting those things of the world down so that you can be filled up with more of God. Hmm. Maybe I should say that again. The point of a fast is putting the things of your flesh down, getting rid of them, getting them out of your system, not looking at your phones, not looking at social media, not spending all your time watching TV, not filling your face with french fries, not putting a milkshake down there, getting rid of all those things so that you can get more of God inside of you so you can hear his voice more clearly. Now let me ask you this. Have you ever had times in your life where you say, I can't hear the voice of God? Or you at times where you say, I don't know what God's saying. He hasn't said nothing to me in three years. Well, what you need to do is empty yourself of some things so that you can hear clearly what God is trying to say. Because I'll tell you this, God is always speaking. The question is, can you hear him? And so many times we get so full of things in the world that we have no capacity to digest what he's saying or either to hear it with our ears because the world is feeling our ears. So Jesus became very hungry. Say very hungry. Verse 3 says this. Then the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, tell the stone to become a loaf of bread. I love this scripture. There is so much in this scripture. We could talk about how Satan shows up and he begins to attack Jesus in his identity. If you are the son of God. Right? We could talk about that. If you are the son of God, then do this. But here's what I want to say to you. This is what the devil does. When you're hungry, he comes and attacks you. When you're weak, he comes and finds you and says, oh, this is perfect. Their defenses are down. They're weak. They're hungry. Now I'm going to come and try and give them stuff to fill them back up. Because he doesn't want you in a place where you can hear God speaking to you. He doesn't want you in a place where you're spending time with God, listening to what God is saying to you about your life and about your situation and about your circumstance. What he wants is you so fat and so full that you got no room to receive what God is trying to say to you. Jesus was very hungry. He hadn't ate anything for 40 days. And then Satan shows up and says, oh, if you're the son of God, if you're the son of God, then why don't you take this rock and turn it into bread, and then you can eat it. Prove it. Prove you the Son of God. Jesus says this. In verse 4, he goes on. He says this. But Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say people don't live by bread alone. 
But he's only quoting half the scripture there, isn't he? What does the rest of that scripture say? People don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, which we find in Deuteronomy. Jesus was saying, I don't need bread to live. What I do need to live is the words that come out of the God's mouth. That's what I need to live. This other stuff, I can live without it. I can live without hamburgers. I can live without my social media. I can live without Facebook. I can live without going shopping. I can live without doing all these kind of things. What I can't live without is words from God's mouth. That's what I need more than anything. So a good question to ask yourself is, are you hungry? But a better question to ask yourself is, what are you hungry for? What are you hungry for? Now, you don't got to answer this question. I want you to ponder it. What are you hungry for? What is your appetite? What is it you desire to put inside of you? Because we're all hungry. We all fill ourselves with things. But what is it that you're filling yourself with? Go with me to Matthew chapter 5. We see this. This is just after Jesus has finished his fasting. He comes back in, and if you're continuing the reading in Luke, Luke, he goes back into the synagogue, and he sits down, he opens up the scroll, and he's, he reads from Isaiah. Right? But here in Matthew, we see him, and he's on the Sermon on the Mount, where he's preaching to people. And in, in chapter 5, verse 6, it says this, God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. Now remember what I told you about translations and how it's good to read other translations? That's not really my favorite translation of that verse. I, personally, I feel like that verse does a bad translation of what Jesus was trying to say. So I've got another translation there for you. And this is the Amplified. Good Lord, it's twice as long. Be prepared. If you're going to read the Amplified, take some time. Make sure you sit down. Don't try and stand up and read it because you're going to be there for a while. And he says this, Blessed, joyful, and nourished by God's goodness are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. So the New Living said justice. The Amplified and the New King James say righteousness. And those who actively seek Right standing with God. This is what righteousness means. Those who actively seek right standing with God. Or they will be completely satisfied. The New King James says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are you if you're hungry and thirsting after righteousness. And Jesus doesn't stop there. He says, because you will be filled. If you're hungering and thirsting for righteousness, if that's what you're hungry for, guess what? Guess what, Cherokee? You're going to be filled with it. If you're hungry for a hamburger, guess what? You can be filled with that too. If you're hungry to go watch a TV show, yeah, man, you can fill yourself up with that. You can fill yourself up with all kinds of things. And Jesus says here, if you're hungering and thirsting for righteousness, I'll fill you up with that too. He desires you to be hungry for him. He wants to fill you 
with him, with his love, his thoughts, his understanding, his wisdom, his insight, his strength, his ability. That's why we have the Holy Spirit, which is the Spirit of God. That when Jesus ascended and went to heaven, he said, it's better for you that I go away so that I can send the Spirit down. He wants us to be filled with him. So if we're hungering and thirsting after him, he wants to fill us. Now let me tell you what that word filled means. Oh, here we go. In the Greek, it is cortazo. Strong's number 5526. If you don't have a Strong's concordance and you want to know more about the word of God, I encourage you to go find yourself a Strong's concordance. Because when you're reading the Bible... The Bible wasn't written in the words that you were reading. You need to go back and find the original Greek and Hebrew words and it opens up a whole world of what Jesus was trying to say and what God was trying to say through the word. So get yourself a Strong's Concordance and open it up and then you can say, what does this word filled really mean? And this is what it says. It originally meant to feed or fatten animals. But the word eventually came to signify being satisfied with food, but not just being satisfied with food, being satisfied with food in abundance. So when Jesus said, blessed are you if you hunger and thirst after righteousness because you'll be filled, he says you'll be filled in abundance with righteousness. You'll be filled and in right standing with God in abundance because God desires his spirit to live inside of you and to move in you and to move through you. He desires to live inside of you. So every situation you're dealing with, I don't know what your life looks like. I don't know what you're dealing with. But I'll tell you who does. Jesus. And he wants to live inside of you. And as you move through your life and as you deal with those people in your life, as you have those frustrating conversations, as you have to deal with moving, as you have to deal with paying bills, as you have to deal with cranky grandparents, with cranky moms and dads, whatever you got to deal with, Jesus finds himself inside of you in the middle of that situation wanting to work both in you and through you. So guess what? If you got a bad marriage, thank God because Jesus can work that out. If you got cancer in your body, if you got problems in your body, guess what? Jesus wants to work that out. All those things that you're dealing with, he wants to fill you with him to work out his kingdom. And his will being done. Well, I feel like that's exciting news. He wants to fill you in abundance. So let's look at one more section of scripture. Let's go to John chapter 6. And let's read a story here. Or John chapter 4, I'm sorry. And this is Jesus and what we call the Samaritan woman. And uh, we're going to start in verse 4. Is that the verse you have there? 3? All right. It says, So he left Judea and returned to Galilee. And he had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually, he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. Please, sir. Please give me a drink. 
He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to go buy some food for lunch. It's lunchtime. They didn't have a drive-thru. So Jesus sat down beside the well, and he was waiting while his disciples wanted to go get some hummus, some pita. I don't know, maybe some dates and figs, maybe a little um, roasted lamb, a little mutton. I don't know. But the point is, the disciples were gone. Jesus is by himself, and he finds himself at a well where the Samaritan woman shows up, and he asks her for some water. Verse 9 says, the woman was surprised because the Jews refused to have anything to do with the Samaritans. Now this is an important note. The Samaritans, if you go back to 2 Kings chapter 17, the Samaritans were Jews. And here's what happened. In 2 Kings chapter 17, you see that the king of Assyria had displaced all the people out of Samaria. And he brought back all these people. He brought back Babylonians and all these other kinds of people that weren't Jews. And he let them live in Samaria. And the Bible says they set up shop. They set up their gods. They set up their idols. And they began to worship them in Samaria. And God was having none of it. So what he did was he sent lions. And these lions came and attacked all these people. And so then the king of Assyria said, you know what the problem is? Is this is God's land and these people aren't worshiping God. And so he brought back some of these people that were captive and he brought them back to Samaria and let them live there with the people who were already there so that these new, the Jews that came back could teach these people about God. But what happened was the Jews that lived there began to intermarry. They began to worship God and they began to worship these other gods as well. And these other gods were bad, bad gods. And the Bible says, I don't know if you know this or not, but the Bible says, I think it's in the Ten Commandments, maybe, hmm, probably, yeah, sort of. He says, you should have no other gods before me. And these people began to worship other gods. And these were the Samaritans. So the Samaritans were Jews that began to intermingle and intermarry and began to worship not just God, but other gods. So the Jews that we're talking about here, Jesus, those Jews didn't talk to the Samaritans because they felt like they had abandoned God. So she is really surprised because the Jews have nothing to do with the Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Verse 10 says this. Jesus replied. If you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. And while I was praying this morning, I was thinking about this. And this is a word for some of you here. Jesus is saying to you today, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me. There are some of you here, and what happens in our Christian faith in North America, sometimes we get complacent, we get comfortable, and we get okay with where our life is at. And we forget the God that we're serving. And we forget the things that God wants to do. We forget the things that God can do for us. We forget how God wants to work on our behalf. We read the stories in the Old Testament about the Israelites and how God split the Red Sea and how he led them around by a big smoke cloud and he read them about by fire at night and he did all these kind of things. He fed them in the desert when there was nothing to eat. We read those stories and we think that was for them, but I haven't seen God move like that for me. And Jesus is saying to this lady here and he's saying to you today, if you only knew the gift God has for you. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, 
my hand to God. I was sitting in my hot tub this morning in the dark. It was cold outside. I was warm in the hot tub, and I was praying, and I was thinking about this scripture, and God said, I want you to tell those people this morning that this is a word for them. If they only knew the gift that I had for them, if they only knew the things that I wanted to do for them, if they only knew the areas of their life where I was trying to work on their behalf to bring healing, health, and wholeness in them, to meet them where they were at, they would simply ask I told you two weeks ago we talked about Baal Perizim the master of the breakthrough tell you what guys there is something happening where God is working on our behalf and he is trying to break through our lives he is trying to break down those walls he is trying to get through those things that you've constructed, those things you've got over your eyes so you can't see what he's doing, but he is trying to break through on your behalf. He says, if you would just ask, and if you only knew who you're talking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. Verse 11, the lady's like, but sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket. And this well is very deep, and where would you get this living water from? And this is what happens. When Jesus speaks to you, he is speaking to your spirit. He is speaking truth to you. He is trying to bring life in the midst of your, your, your circumstances. But so many times we reply with a natural answer. Jesus gives you a spiritual word and we come back with a natural reply. Oh, you don't have a rope. How can you give me water? How can you give me water if you don't have a rope, you don't have a bucket? It's so deep down there. Nobody can see the bottom. We lost a kid down there three years ago. Nobody's seen him since. Where are you going to get this living water? Verse 12 says this. Besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you give me better water than him and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Verse 13 is where we're finishing the day. Jesus replied and said, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. Sorry, verse 14. But those who drink the water that I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. And here's what I want to say to you today. I asked you if you were hungry. And I asked you what you're hungry for. Matthew tells us that if we hunger and thirst for righteousness, we will be filled. And not just filled halfway, not just filled barely enough, not just filled to almost enough, but not quite enough. That word filled, it meant abundance. And then we read here where Jesus finds himself talking to a Samaritan, a lady who by all rights he shouldn't have been talking to. They weren't supposed to talk to each other. The Jews despised the Samaritans. But Jesus, breaking down walls, breaking down the social norms, casting aside what other people think and the fears and the doubts, he begins to talk to this woman who, if you really think about it, is much like many of us. And he comes and he finds you right there. 
in the middle of whatever your circumstances are. And he begins to talk to her about giving her living water that can fill her. He says, if you drink this water, you're going to be thirsty again. But the water that I give, you'll never have to drink again. The things in the world that, that we are hungry for, that we partake in, that we eat, that we digest, that we put inside, and that we fill ourselves up with, those things deteriorate. They go away, and they create an appetite inside of you. And you want more and more of that stuff. you got to keep feeding it. you got to keep filling yourself with that junk until you're spiritually fat, and you're sluggish, and you sit around, and you have no drive, and you have no ambition. And you're lost and you're confused and you don't know where to go. But Jesus says, if you come and if you're hungering for me and if you eat of me, in John chapter 6, Jesus says this, I am the bread of life. My question today to you is this. Are you hungry? And what are you hungry for? On this fast, I don't know about you, but in my own life, my appetites have changed. I saw a glass of Coke last night. We had Coke Zero for everybody. I love Coke Zero. Love it, love it, love it, love, love it. But last night it was sitting there and I had no desire to be like, oh man, I gotta, only T minus 12 hours and I can have me some of that. Yeah. Just counting down. It was more like, meh. And I'll tell you what, I'm going to be honest and transparent with you. I was like, well, I could drink that because technically our fast ends at sundown because that's when we started our fast. So technically my fast of 21 days ended last night at dinner. But I said to myself, you know what? I am more hungry yeah. for the things of God. And I am more hungry to be full of the Spirit and full of the Word that when I get up and minister tomorrow, that I have put down my flesh and just said no. It's okay. No, I don't need that pop. No, I don't need to eat pizza tonight because I would rather come here hungry for more of God and break my fast with donuts and all of you together after the service and see what God wants to do as opposed to begin to fill myself with things of the world again. Why don't you stand up with me? And here's what I want to do. This place down here has become our altar. Over the last few weeks, we've had prayer lines down here. We've had times where people could come down here and worship God. And they have been, I'll tell you what, over these last three weeks, those times have been powerful. Where I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that people's lives have been changed, that walls are falling off, that things are transforming, and that God is moving. And here's what I don't want to happen. I don't want us to fall back into the old norm because our fast is done. I don't want to pray for you today. Be like, well, that was nice. Church was good. Let's go have donuts, hang out. I got to pack this stuff up. We got to be out of here by one o'clock. So much to do. What I do want to do is make sure that we are continually hungering and thirsting for God. Because in that place is when he will continue to fill us. If we come to him, Right? The Word of God says, draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. So here's what I want to do. For just a few minutes, I want to open this place up up front. 
And if you are hungering and thirsting after God, if you say, yes, my fast is done, but there is still a desire in my heart where I want to continue to see God move in my life, where I want to hunger and thirst after Him, and I want to continue to be filled by His presence and His Spirit, then I want to give you the opportunity to come down here and make a statement so that everybody can see you say, yeah, this is me. See, here comes Marlene. She's saying, yes, this is what I want more than anything else. Here comes Chad. Here comes Lil. Here comes Jamie. Here comes Gary. Come on. If you're saying to yourself, I want more of God than anything else in my life, that this is what I hunger and thirst for, then you come on down here and just spend time in His presence where He can fill you up like nothing else can. Amen. Just come down and worship God. Lay everything else down and just let him continue to fill you up. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.